Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another rousing edition of Before the Three Count. I am your man, the one, the only, G.A. West, and we are coming at you with the host with the most, the one, the only. Unnamed host, a.k.a. Dr. Funkenstein. <laughs> Dr. Funkenstein, I dig it, I dig it. And we are coming at you bright and early on this Sunday morning. Granted, by the time you are listening to this, who knows what day of the week it is or what time of day it is. Well, right. I, yeah, but I figured I would bring some of those smooth jazz morning Sunday sounds uh, for your listening pleasure this morning. How are you doing, Mr. Unnamed? I am well, I am well. Uh, the world of wrestling, uh, never ending of this question marks and what's going on. <laughs> so true so true like my main man marvin gay said what's going on what's going on exactly exactly um well we typically go over what's going on in the in work and then work into a particular topic um but as i say this time we just switch it up and just go into our topic of uh, the evening or of the morning uh yeah, yeah, let's switch it up, go right into things. We had actually uh on last week's episode, we had teased that today would be a very special episode. Um, and although today's episode is not the episode that we were teasing, y'all don't know what we were teasing, so we're still making it a special episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yesterday we actually uh up and uh, broke bread. Uh, and during that time, we uh, had a conversation uh, in regards to uh, wrestling uh, and a couple of many topics. And one of the, uh, the topics that we discussed was uh, all the different stables that we remember from uh, and the uh, current. Yes. And uh, some uh, my uh, learning that you. Uh, told me yesterday that uh, wrestling stables have been around since the early 1900s, uh, 1930s, I guess, to be exact. Yes. Um, and I'm actually pulling that information right back up right now. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so uh, back into the 1930s, there were the Fabulous Kangaroos and the Golden Grams um, it as two of the first stables in wrestling, and they were brother groups. Yes. Yes. Uh... Which is um quite interesting because not till it's probably like the later eighties, uh, you would have uh family stables. Most of most of the stables were, you know, mostly uh either two like a couple of tag teams forming or uh this miscellaneous not miscellaneous wrestlers, but this almost random wrestlers be uh forming together if they were all yes. like, uh, a package deal coming in. Yes, no, I've definitely uh a shift in things um when i think of brother groups all I, and this what i feel like they weren't known as a stable but you can yeah. count them as a stable would be the von erics exactly and that would probably be the last you know that i could think of that a yeah. were uh legit work family members you know uh as as a stable yeah um you, you can't count the dudleys because they all te technically weren't related <laughs> what do you mean? You saying Mama Dudley wasn't the mother of all those babies? I don't think so. I believe they should be on the Maury Pover show. I I guess we'd have to find out. Either either Maury or Jerry Springer. Uh, either, <laughs> uh, you know, Jerry might give you those uh, brown paper bag uh, turkey sandwiches lunches. Uh, right, that's right. If I recall, uh -huh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and cut and cut uh, a stand up uh, monologue. For 30 minutes, <laughs> the show starts. 
<laughs> exactly. Classic times. Uh, yes. But um yeah, so um we were going over all the, the stables that were that we remember at the time and that you know we vibed with. So um, you know, with that being said, to continue on to the conversation, there were some um stables I forgot um that were stables and we uh didn't mention uh yesterday. Uh one obviously being my favorite. One of my favorites was the uh, Heart Foundation. You consider that a stable? Well, yes, because you know, obviously you have Brett and and, and uh, Jim, but then don't forget you also have British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and uh, Brian Pillman during that whole. Oh you know, yes, uh, yes, I. How did I forget? Brian. Yeah, so I, that's why I, that's why I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that's, and that's when I, everybody I would say would agree uh, during '97 would. would Probably Brett's like prime, prime. Where he was like at his peak powers of like heal them in one country, but face in another country. It, it was it, yes. it was a very odd thing. It, it was. Uh, it was. I, I think something that I don't think it's been done since. Um, Not, uh, maybe. Huh. I think you might be right because I'm trying to give any like maybe like Asian wrestler. Might have had that, or maybe Great Kali, maybe, maybe Great Kali. But the only thing I would say there, I don't think WWE really wrestled in India. Right, and right, yeah, uh, and there was no like luchador wrestler, no Mexican wrestler that was a heel. Yeah, so the yeah. only other thing I can think of, but it was earlier though, before that pre. David Brett was uh probably like when the Rougeaus were wrestle like in uh March yes. they were the super super babyface yes. you know here in the state and they actually went over on Hogan I think it was Ray Rougeau is Ray or Jacques one no, I think it was probably Jacques Rougeau I think it was Jacques who yeah. would go on to become the Mountie right he beat Hogan clean yeah which is crazy yeah. to think about for that time period <laughs> right. Like there's only so many wrestlers I know that beat The Rock, uh, Hogan Clean, and what was The Rock? So like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The Rock, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> that might be it. That's crazy. But I mean, also it wasn't televised. I don't think in the states. Maybe no. probably in Quebec it might have been. Yeah, maybe over there. But yeah, definitely wasn't televised here, and probably wasn't even televised there. Knowing Vince, like. So it was a dark match? Probably. Okay. Okay. I feel like, yeah, they're not letting Hogan lose clean uh, in front of cameras. But if it's only for Canadian fans, who, I mean, would that really, you know, hurt them? Uh, potentially, because if it's on camera, it's no longer only for Canadian fans. It's for whoever gets a copy of that tape. Yeah, but this is what, this was what, like early 80, mid 80s, late 80s. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, is there footage of it? Not that I know. That's why I don't think it was on camera. Okay. Like, there's even footage of that Bret Hart match with, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Jim something, I feel like. Um, <laughs> really good looking guy. Um, it, it's a, uh, so WWE, they did it. It's funny. I'm real. I'm like, oh, the only reason I even know about this match is because WWE yeah. did a special about it. Okay. Um, I, I was switching through the uh, Peacock one time. Yep. It was like, oh, like hidden hidden gems and treasures, I think it was called. Okay. 
And uh, one of them was this match with Bret Hart and this guy who uh, he looks like Joel Osteen on steroids. Hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> they had a nice little six minute match. And, okay. Uh, supposedly the dude got signed like based on this match. And like, you know, and I mean, he's got the look like he looked, you know, built like the Texas tornado kind of. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I think so, yeah, so he had the look, and then he had this great match with Bret Hart, but apparently he was horrible, and Bret Hart actually just pulled him to a great match. <laughs> How is that even possible? <laughs> if you stink, but then, like, the other person can make you have, like, a five-star match, that's so crazy. It's the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. That is true. That is true. Uh, no no uh, disagreeing from that, but I always thought, like, to have a great match, it takes two to take <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, I can say from, well, from my own experience, I've had a, I had a match with someone who was legitimately told that they should not be in the wrestling business. Oh, wow. Um, and I pulled them to a halfway decent match. So, all right. So, sidebar, how do you pull somebody to have a def- decent match if they're not a great wrestler? Um, you gotta play to their strengths and hide their weaknesses. Okay, so for instance, for that Brett, so you saw the Brett match on that the special, or did it show yeah. clip? No, they showed the whole match. Okay, so to make the first of all, did you think the match was worth the the accolades they received? I guess what's tough there is I don't yeah. have anything else to compare it to with that guy. Okay. Because if, like, they showed another match of that guy, and I was like, wow, it's so bad. What a difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with that being said, I mean, it was a solid match. Like, watching it, I was like, oh, this guy looks like he should be a superstar. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, let's go and dive into the match. A, was it the guy a heel or face? Face. Face. So, and it was Brett during his heel heart foundation, like, 80s time or face? Yeah, this was 80s heart foundation, Brett. Okay. All right. So, with that being said, uh, that guy, did he was he getting a lot of his, his uh, face moves in. Was, you know, yeah, he got in like a like springboard, like mm-hmm. something or another. <laughs> like, okay. So he 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 had the majority of the offense in the match. No, Brett Brett was controlling most of the match, but the guy got when he got his things in, they looked cool. Ah, okay, all right, okay. And I and think he, that's that's the key. Okay, so he all right, so it wasn't like a lot of what I call wrestling downtime. Like, a guy would hit their big move, walk around the ring, play to the crowd, and then, like, jump into, like, a headlock or something like that. It wasn't like that? No, it was more like, oh, Brett's in control, but, oh, the yeah. guy slipped out and hit a big hootie karana. Ah, okay. Okay, all right, all right. Brett's back in control. Okay, so... And he slipped out, you know, did this thing. Okay, so the guy was... Okay. So that's how... So if... That helps play to the guy's strengths, not allowing him to do a whole lot of general ring uh, leadership in the ring and just let him do his counter moves to break out of breath or any of the, the, the heels tactics, basically. Right. Oh, okay. The stuff he did look cool. You know, that very athletic, cool. especially for that time period. Yeah, it sounds pretty simple in regards to, like, why no more wrestlers that have, like, weaker opponents as far as, like, technical ability pull that off more? Um, I think the easiest answer to that is because the wrestlers with the weaker technical abilities don't often realize they have weaker technical abilities. Ah, Ah, so that's the key. They think that they're like just as good as their opponent. 
Yeah. But in regards to how they really are, it's not really a fact. Exactly. Yeah, but you would think somebody in the back would pull them aside be like, listen, this, that, and the third, you know, you might want to work on this or like, Ooh, that other guy, he can show him, you know, bring the best out. You know what I'm saying? So there has to be something <laughs> in your head that, like, clicks. Be like, all right, maybe I need the, I need all that in the bag of chips, but, you know. Yeah, I feel like back in the day, <laughs> like, that used to be the case. But I feel like now, in today's day and age, especially of uh, PC and niceness. Yep. You know, nobody gets told what the real deal is. Oh, uh, okay. And then the, and then the problem it's yep. like the people that do get told what the real deal is. It's by like internet trolls, so you don't listen to it. Yeah, you, yeah. That's unfortunate. That is. It is. Speaking of the real deal, that was a great theme song. You're looking at yeah. the real deal now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, take out on the streets. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Back to um the uh, stable. So the one I mentioned was the. Uh, the the Heart Foundation for that '97 run, uh, you know, yeah, which I think uh, that kicked off WWE's gang warfare period. You think so? I think so. Okay, okay. I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the Heart Foundation, when they they established themselves as like the Canadian Mafia, um, I feel like Vince was like, "Yeah, this is good. We need more of this." And yeah, but they weren't really doing mafia like goon like tactics against their opponents. It was mostly telling the real on, you know, American values, uh, you know, <laughs> basically, and then, you know, being like, you know, prized, you know, gentlemen back in their home, Canada. True, true. By the way, is Pillman from Canada? No, Pillman's from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, so that's a little weird. But, uh, <laughs> but he trained, he trained with the Hart family dungeon. Really? Yeah. I thought he came straight out of football into like the power plant and blah, blah, blah. Went from there was there. no power plant back then. Really? So where what was the training ground for WCW back then? They, they didn't have one. WWE yeah. didn't have one either. No, WWE, yeah, that's true. I was about to say Ohio, but yeah, you're right. Wow, that didn't come around till a lot later. Okay. okay. Wrestling schools weren't like a big thing like at that time. Okay. They yeah. Were like there were only like there was Killer Kowalski's. There yep. was Duhart's Dungeon. Yep. There was um, Larry Sharp in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and then there was probably like a place in Cali, and I'm sure there was like some place in like Texas, but like that was like it at that time. Nothing down uh, like uh, in Oregon since they had the Portland uh, territory. I doubt it. I, I haven't okay. heard anything about it. You know. And that's, what the, and that's why I'm like, yeah, at that time period, like, it was very difficult to, to become a wrestler. And that's why you hear so many stories of guys getting ripped off. You know, Undertaker, okay. like, paying money to some guy to show up in his backyard and him not be there. Hysterical. Like, <laughs> but that's because yeah, back then there was no, it wasn't like, oh, you go to wrestling school and become a wrestler. You had to, like, go to the shows, hang out, and, like, talk to a wrestler. And then, like, mostly, get him to try to pitch and try to trade you. That was mostly in the States, though, because then uh, Japan had all those different dojos. Yeah, well, that's Japan. Okay, a whole different, but, yeah, a whole but, different story. I was about to say, yeah, it's funny. Like, you hear nothing but all the different dojos, but like over back in the states, there was like nothing of the equivalent. Yeah, I, I think that's because uh, in Japan, like they, 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 and this is going to sound super racist as I'm saying it out loud, but it's not meant to be. Uh, but I feel like they had martial arts in Japan. You know what I mean? 
Right, right, right. Like, so, so they already had a structure like that they could be like, oh, like, because that's a J- Japanese wrestling was based off of mixed martial arts. Yep. Yeah. So, so it was yep. a very easy transition structure. Like, oh, we've got the martial arts dojo. Now we've yep. got the wrestling dojo. And a lot of the wrestlers came from mixed martial arts. Like, um, was it Minoru? Minoru Suzuki, yeah. 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 Shinsuke. Uh, yep. um, uh, uh, Kabashi. Um, yep. Who else? Fujita. Yep, Fujita. Um, did Muda ever t- t- uh, put his toe in the uh, mixed martial arts fighting? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. But uh, what was the uh, what, um, uh, he's like? He was a big time uh, uh, legend in um, uh, New Japan wrestling. Uh, but I think he was actually Korean. They said, uh, uh, "What was his name?" Hmm. Uh, he's. I think he. Uh, it'll come back to me later. I'll probably remember another episode. But he like helped start. It was either all Japan or New Japan, um, but he Not was a Baba. no, no. Uh, he, but he was like a, a, a Inoki? No, um, who also got started to mixed martial Ro- arts though? Roseanne, uh, uh, oh Rosan, Ro- Rosan, yeah, yeah. I think he was a, a yes, um, but he was like actually South Korean, but he was like so like such a great fighter, like the you know. Uh, uh, Japanese audience like embraced him. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think he, I think he got like stabbed or something like that, like or like Bruiser Brody uh, style. Yeah, something. Some he he didn't pass away naturally, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, but he was another one. But crazy. Yeah. It was interesting when you think because I was uh over the past weekend also watching old um uh Pan Craze and mixed martial arts uh, video clips. Yeah. Uh, and it was cool to see, like, especially in Pan Craze, there was like mostly, uh, th- which was actually started by Minoru Suzuki and another uh, uh, wrestler. But yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. <clears throat> interesting. There was actually a promotion, I don't know if it was Pan Craze or another one where it was like almost semi shoot work. Right. Well, no, Pride eventually became pretty much all shoot matches. But. Well. It was half shoot, half work. Well, towards the end, it was all shoot, though, wasn't it? No. Uh, really? It was portrayed as all shoot. What? But uh, my main man, Uncle Chael Sonnen, uh, yep. recently gave the uh, gave the dirt up on how that worked over there. Really? Yeah, break it down. So he, he said that the best way to, to make a work look like a shoot, Yep. don't have one of the people know that it's a work. You mean like one of the people in the ring or like the audience though? No, one of the people in the ring. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh so yeah, he said that basically what they were doing over there was oh, uh yeah. the guy that would be losing. Yeah. Like they they'd tell that guy, like, you're losing. Like <laughs> it's a work. Okay. Oh but the guy that was okay. with it didn't know. Oh, okay. Oh, that's unfortunate. So yeah, yep. So is that why it didn't last too long? Yeah, it was uh, it was a very corrupt business over there. Well, I was gonna say because a lot of the the guys from Pride went over to UFC to have like great careers. So were they the guys that were told to take the dives, or were they the guys that like were legit like fighters? Like, so every, from from what I understand, everybody that was in Pride was a legit fighter. 
Okay. But the the promotion controlled who was winning and losing. Okay. Yeah, because, all right, so, like, for instance, I remember the first time I actually saw uh, Rampage Jackson was over in Pride, and, you know, he's having great matches uh, over there against, uh, he beat uh, Chuck Lindell uh, a couple of times, I want to say. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he beat, um, oh, no, I don't think, well, I think they went, uh, they tied, but it was him against uh, Vandalay Silva. Uh, I know he had some other matches, and then Crow Cop was big over there. Yeah, um, uh, Fedor was big over there. Like the last, you know, he was like undefeated at that time. So sort of now in retrospect, sort of weird. But then they still had great careers after the fact. So I don't know. Well, the two names that you just mentioned, Fedor yeah. and Krokop, they didn't really yeah. have great UFC careers. Uh, they had legendary MMA careers. Well, Krokop, well, and plus by the time they went over there, they were a little older too. Right. Especially Fedor. I think Fedor like went over there in his like forties. Yeah, yeah. You know? But crazy. Uh yeah, Capri has some dope interests for their right. fight. You know, super, super like presentation and everything. Yeah, they, they really uh at that time, I mean they, they were uh, head and tails above UFC when it comes to presentation and entrances. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, wow! Which, uh, I watched that uh, Dan Severn um, and <laughs> Shamrock you sent me. Oh, such a great, 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 great match! Definitely, definitely, and just classic stuff, man. The, the promo ahead of time, and yeah, which I, which I did not remember uh, that UFC having, you know, with with, with fighter uh, intros, right? Earlier stuff, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, I was just shocked that age and size difference between the two wrestlers. I, in my head, I always thought they were, like, saw the same size. I guess on WF TV they saw it looked it, but, like, yeah. you know, like, it was, like, Severn was much bigger than, uh, but then he had, like, 60 pounds on him, too. I think he was, he weighed in, like, 260, and, like, Ken was, like, like, 220. So, like, it was much, much lighter. Definitely. It was interesting to, to see that and hear that. And then I was thinking about it. It made me wonder, um, and I'm not putting any accusations out there, but I'm like, did Shamrock suddenly get a lot bigger when he got to WWF? I don't know. It could be his camera angles because he didn't look that much bigger when he wrestled for Vince, did he? Well, that's and that's the things I'm like. I remember him being just as big as like everybody at that time. Like I don't yeah. remember thinking of him as a smaller guy. True. True. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was interesting. Like. Yeah, uh, and um, it was funny towards the end of the match. Like I think Severn uh, tried to uh, hit him with a low blow. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you see that clip and you look at the end when uh, Shamrock submits him, he I think he uh, Severn tries to low blows him in the neck, uh, when he's up against the cage. Oh, it's right. I'll definitely look at that again. Yeah, it's so hilarious to see. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, very interesting. And, but we saw went on a crazy side tangent. <laughs> so back, back to our stables. <laughs> Do you remember uh, the cabinet? The cabinet? Uh, John uh, Brashaw Layfield, Orlando oh. Jordan, the Basham brothers, Amy Webber, and Jillian Hall. Yes, I do remember that now that you mention it. Uh, early uh, Orlando Jordan was the um, chief of staff. Yep. Which uh, I I learned from Rip Rogers was a rib. On who? On Orlando Jordan. Why is that? 
because um, of his um, well, I mean, because he's bisexual. What does that have to do with being a chief of staff? Oh, I got it. Yes. Okay. Um, but uh, would you ever think? Would, would you ever think? Because his career was pretty short. Uh, WWE. Would you ever th- think of him as a in uh, ring performer? I thought he was solid. Um, okay. Good charisma, athletic. Yep. Um, he then went on to TNA, and uh, I think they let him get too creative. Okay. Um, and I think that kind of hurt him because uh, I think he probably could have potentially had a longer career. Okay. Um, based on, at least in my opinion, I'm like, I, I thought he was really good in the ring. I thought he was decent on the mic. Um, and for that time period, especially, he fit right in with everybody. Okay. But uh, I don't know if you saw his TNA stuff. Nope. Uh, they really let him explore uh, his Dennis Rodman side, we'll say. Okay. And uh, but he was like coming down on like a swing with like body oil and like it was interesting. He was velveteen before velveteen. Way more velveteen than velveteen though. (laughs) Like that's how like TNA. I think it let him get too creative. Hilarious. (laughs) Okay, all right. I think it kind of turned some people off, and uh, they were like, "Oh, we don't want this on our TV," which is unfortunate. But uh, okay. Then he uh, he went off to Italy. Uh, where he had a uh, famous match with the Ultimate Warrior. Really? Before Warrior passed? Yeah, before Warrior passed. Oh. And what was Warrior doing in Italy? Wrestling. So he, he so he went back to wrestling after you know being gone out the spotlight for that long. Um, so I don't know that he wrestled full time. Um, okay. Because I know he definitely had this match with Orlando Jordan in Italy. Um, okay. But I, I don't know before that what he did. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, um, definitely an interesting uh, time period. And that match is available online if you ever want to see it. Yeah, how did you see it? Like, how was the match? It was meh. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, it was definitely not either of their best. Okay. Um, but it was what it was. The crowd loved it. Okay. Warriors shook the ropes a lot. Okay. Um, how do you look, Warrior? That is like how does physique look at that? Because he was much, 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 much older. So yeah, much older, much, uh, much smaller. Okay, but still, still ripped. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can see him being the type to you know uh, work out even in his uh, golden years. Oh no question. Okay. Uh, I think he probably worked out up until he died. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, would you would you ever think of the Basham brothers as a tag team during the uh, ruthless uh, aggression era? I was a big fan of the Basham, especially when they had Linda Miles. Okay, all right. Uh, were they shoot family brothers, or were they just two guys that looked like each other? Two guys that looked like each other. Okay. Um, they were actually feuding in OVW. Really? Mm-hmm. What was the OVW gimmicks? Um, something the Damager and something the Basham. Okay, so was it the case that their OVW gimmick was better than the WWE gimmick, or I don't know. Okay, um, so the interesting thing for me at this time period, this is where I first like really started learning the internet. Okay, um, and so I remember reading the OVW reports. Yep, 
but I never actually watched anything, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, so at that time period, I was reading the OVW reports. I was really big into wrestling and trying to, you know, cause at this point I'm trying to get into wrestling Yep, and uh, and I'm just now discovering the internet, so I'm reading anything I can. So I'm like, I'm reading the OVW reports. I'm learning about who's coming up and and all that. Yep. Um, but I didn't actually see that there wasn't a lot of visual. Like I don't think YouTube was yet a thing. Okay. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of visual like video to watch. Um, Okay. So I was just reading about wrestling across the world. Okay. Um, so with that being said, everything I was reading about <laughs> the, the Bashams at OVW and their feud and all that, like, it was just talking about how these were the two guys, like, and, uh, I think, uh, and I could be wrong, but I think I've listened since to Jim Cornette talk about it on his podcast. It's like, oh, those were two homegrown talent. Like, they really? weren't, yeah, they weren't guys that WWE signed, like, okay. and put in there. They okay. Were, they were like two, you know, local Kentuckians or... Or if they weren't from Kentucky, they moved there to train there. Right, 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 right. And, uh, you know, and they, they came up through the OVW system that way. And, uh, but, but yeah, I remember at the time reading like, yeah, the, these are the, you know, the main event of every OVW show is like those two against each other. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So then when they came up to the main roster, I was really hyped for them because I'm like, oh, these are the guys. Like, yep. And uh, I liked the gimmick with Linda Miles. What was the gimmick? Um, it was kind of like a BDSM kind of thing. Okay. Because um, she would have, the, except it was, re- well, I, I guess I shouldn't say reverse. You can have a female dominatrix. Um, oh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, she was the, the dominatrix and like she led them on the leash and she'd have the whip. Oh, okay. Okay. Did they have, did they, those two ever cut promos? They like, talk or was she the mouthpiece? I feel like she was the mouthpiece if I recall. Okay. But uh, but yeah, so I, I dug that um, the the cabinet. Now that you're mentioning it, yeah, um, I remember I remember it, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I dug that group um, as a whole. JBL's heel run at that time period, um, he, he was probably the best heel in WWE. I I, I agree, I agree. Uh, he had a whole down down home Texan, you know, like oil mogul. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like totally. that whole that whole thing. Uh and then yeah, you had uh Orlando, you know, Jordan, he was the uh US uh um champion. Yep. The Bachelors was a tag team champion. Uh I don't remember uh Amy Weber uh or Jillian Hall as much. Are they the same person or are they two different people? Two different people. Okay, yeah, I don't remember Amy Weber at all. Yeah. Um, and I really only remember Jillian Hall because of her singing gimmick and the boogeyman like eating something off of her face. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, hilarious. Um, all right. Uh do you consider this a stable? Because there was a lot of people in it. The uh corporation. Yeah, I think that counts as a stable. All right, because that's like a lot like all right, here's the people in the corporation. Vince McMahon. Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, Sergeant Slaughter, Shane McMahon, uh, Shawn Michaels, Big Boss Man, Big Show, China, Ken Shamrock, Mean Street Posse, The Rock, Tess, Triple H, and Kane. Yeah. Um, that just seems like half the Ross of <laughs> <attitude> <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> Right? Um, 
But but I, I think one thing like they weren't all in there at the same time. True that. So and, and what's that? Came in waves. Yeah, came in waves, and half those guys didn't wrestle. True, true, true. So yeah, almost like, almost like NWO, and they had the B team. I mean, they still had to sem- separate at at that point. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but all right, well, I mean, all right, so the mainstay corporation, the rest of the, the performers then was probably just mostly the Raw Triple H, Vince, I guess, to a degree, um, Shane McMahon, Ministry Posse, and before they went, before they merged into the corporate uh, ministry, I guess those would have been the mainstay wrestlers. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. And Big Boss Man, obviously. Right. But then when they went to the ministry, then you brought an Undertaker, the Acolytes, uh, which was, yeah, uh, another stable, the, the ministry, uh, Undertaker, Acolytes. Uh, was Gangrel in there? He, was in, he wasn't in the ministry. No? No, because uh, Gangrel just had the brood. Him, okay. Him and the Hardy Boys. I'm not the Hardy Boys, uh, as a Christian. It was him and the Hardy Boys at one point, too, actually. Really? I think so. Um, you feel like confusing him with... um. Um, Michael, uh, who's my Juicy? Oh, Michael P.S. Hayes, you're right. Yeah, Michael Hayes, yeah. Yep. yep. <clears throat> AKA Doc Hendricks. Yes. Um, Evolution. Evolution is a mystery full of change that no one sees. Were you a fan of Evolution? I loved Evolution. Okay, okay. I mean, we gotta start off, I'm a Triple H guy, through and through. Okay, Always okay. Always have been. Okay. You got, you got Randy. Yep, young the Randy. And uh, and this was, uh, I mean, this was before he got into prime Randy Orton, legend, legend killer. So this was yep. young, young dropkick Randy Orton. Yeah, third generation superstar. Yeah, um, but I thought he was cool, and Batista, the animal, and of course you bring the group together with the Nature Boy. Woo! Batista, he the a complete 180 uh gimmick wise with his OVW gimmick compared Leviathan. to his e gimmick. Yeah. 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 His his vignette for that for OVW um as a Le- Leviathan. Coming out of the water. Yeah. Like you be like, this is not the same guy. <laughs> right. But think about this. It's kind of funny, uh, because he went from that to being uh Devon Dudley's um not Alter Boy, but like he carried the uh, the passing plate, right? But I was gonna say like he was so it was still in re- respects to like that goon gimmick, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like the like the muscle. Of, I feel you. Well, I mean, even when he went to Evolution, he was still the muscle. That's what I'm saying. So that transition wasn't as crazy if he from the okay. Open. I got you. I got you. And yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh, and obviously, like you mentioned already, Flair. Um, as a gimmick, I think what they, what they were trying to, I guess, incorporate like be like a Horseman 2.0. Do you think yes. they uh, accomplished that? I do. Um, I think for that time period, they they were the WWF's Horsemen. Okay. Or actually, by then it's WWE. They, they got the F out. Were they really? Because like the Horsemen though had the perfect mix of like. You knew like all the you know all they got all the the 
the ladies, you know, at one point, and then you knew they were also like some crazy, like, yo, I'm messing them like hardcore, you know, we'll put, you know, a la Dusty, you know, backlot brawl beatdown on you at the same time. I feel you. Um, that though, I don't know if they had enough time to get to that. Okay. Okay. Um, I feel like the group only lasted like a year. Now that you think, ah, uh, yeah, I mean, they formed. They started in, breaking up. They formed in two thousand three, and then yeah, it, it uh, like disbanded like in two thousand four. So yeah, so not enough time to really dig deep in there. But I don't know if you look at the players though, like you can like if we were still like in our in our kid vision, like. You can obviously see that with the whole, the horseman, but like if you were a kid, could you see like, you know what I'm saying, like Triple H and like you could probably see it with Randy, but like the others would be like, oh yeah, they get all the women, you know what I'm saying? Like, could you see that with them if you was, you know, had that same kid vision that you did with the horseman? I think with kid vision for sure, because you would okay. you would be like, Yeah, like you just said, Randy, I mean, no question. You'd look at him and be like, he's getting all the women. Right, 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 right. Um, Triple H, it's funny because I'm like, he's he's not that guy. <laughs> and Flair's much older, but I mean, could you but see? He's still the nature boy. True, true. Uh, Space Mountain is the oldest ride, but it's the longest line. True, true. And and Batista. I mean, young Batista, he was a good looking dude, actually. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of quiet, but. Uh, I could, I could, yeah, I, I stand by. I'm like, with, even without kid vision, I'm like, with my vision now, I'm picturing those dudes at that time. And yep. I'm like, really, Triple H is the one that doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, okay, all right. Um, uh, the Fabulous Freebirds, I think we mentioned that in our conversation yesterday, uh, because yeah, my- I thought they were the first stable, yep. Uh, but they did form in 79, but yes, Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, uh, and, uh, Terry Gordy, I guess. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. I guess Jimmy Garvin was in there for a hot second. Yeah. He'd later on be there. The WCW version. Yep. Bam Garvin. Yep. The the man with the longest perm hair. Yes. And, uh, they had that great song. I'm a free bird. And what was your excuse? I thought it was on bad street was their theme song. Well, so Bad Street was the original. Bad okay. Street, USA. Bad Street in the whole USA. Um, and it was, was uh, in Georgia, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, that, that was a great song. But uh, in the ninth, in the early 1990s, when WCW came out with their um, music album, yep, which uh, included Rick Rude's theme song that we were listening to. Yep. Um, the Freebirds redid their song. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. And uh, I became a big fan of that song and music video as a kid. Um, really? They had a music video for it too? Yeah, they had a music video for it. So what did they show on actual MTV? Or was it like after during like commercial breaks on like TBS or something like that? Yeah, they had a big debut for it on TBS Saturday night, 6.05. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I, I always really was like, I'm a free bird, a proven winner, but known to get down with my buddy Leonard Skinner. Got a hell of a future, a hell of a past. If you get in our way, we're going to kick you. Ain't no secret. It's a well-known fact. <laughs> right away, don't know how to act. <laughs> all right. All right. 
And I take it this was uh, Michael Hayes on the vocals? Yes. All right. All right. All right. What um, did you think of the Freebirds uh, since they were somewhat before our time-ish? Yeah, like when I saw them, yeah. I don't want to call them jobbers. Okay. But like they, they were not, they were not, you know, the, the fabulous Freebirds of the late 70s in Texas. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, they were solid mid-card act. Okay. Okay. Um the time I got to see them. Uh, another stable you mentioned uh, yesterday was the Heening family. Yes. Which uh, now looking at is another, he, I guess he had a, a huge roster uh, all at different times. Um, so I guess at one point, so you had obviously Bobby Heenan himself, one of the greatest managers of all time. Um, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Oh, this is the AWA Heenan family. Uh, yeah, because he had, he was in AWA as well as uh, GCW and the WWE. So he had multiple Heenan family stables in multiple. Okay. So uh, we have Nick Bockwinkle, uh, Ray Stevens, uh, Angelo Pofo, uh, Bobby Duncan Sr., the Black Jack, Kim Patera, Mass Superstar, Killer Carl Cox, Professor wow. Torrid. Takanaka, Big Cat, Ernie Ladd, Adrian Adonis, the missing Big John Stud, King Kong Bundy, Paul Orndorff, Harley Race, Andre the Giant, Rick Rude, Hercules Hernandez, the Barbarian, the Islanders, Mr. Perfect, the Red Rooster, the Brooklyn Brawler, and the Brain Busters. Wow. Yeah, the man got, got around. I guess so. That's wow. Yeah, but like I said, it was three promotions, so which is interesting. He was able to carry the name, the Heenan Family Stable, in in three different promotions. Right. The, sorry, I should say at the time. Yeah, yeah, That's you know, interesting. But I think the uh, most famous one that we know as kids when he had uh, uh, Andre uh, the Giant, you know, um, that was that whole WrestleMania four uh, yeah. tournament situation. Yep. Um. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to see. Uh, and I obviously remember when he uh managed uh um Mr. Perfect because they would have some like dope like entrances because like Perfect would like throw his like towel up in the air and Heenan would catch it or he'll throw yeah. his up in the air and like Heenan would they would they they'd be in sequence. Yes. Yep. Like they'd be on the same page, which was dope. Definitely agreed. Uh, another stable. Uh, you probably more of a fan of than I probably was was uh, DX. Yeah, break it down. Dun, dun, out. Bow, 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 dun, dun, out. Uh, yeah, man, that was that was my high school prime. Rocking my DX know. shirts, giving my crotch shots. There you go. Um, we got words for you. Yeah, <laughs> if you uh, ain't down with that. And but, uh, yeah, yeah. Original, it's funny. I got down best with the original DX. Yeah, I think many people did. You know, yeah. You got HBK, Triple H, China, and uh, Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, don't forget Mike Tyson. For a hot second. Yeah. He turned <laughs> on them. Yeah, yeah. And I guess also, this is towards the end, I guess, uh, Tori was in the new uh, DX. That was the new DX. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, totally, yeah. yeah, with X-Pac um, and Kane. Yep, yeah. yeah. What do you oh. think of Tori as a diva? 
Tori? Yeah, as a uh, in-ring performer. Excuse me. Bless you. Uh, Bless you. She has nothing to sneeze at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think that was my first time sneezing on the podcast. (laughs) But, but yeah, um, I honestly don't remember her in-ring work. I feel bad saying that. (laughs) Same here. Same here. Right? But uh, but that was before women really got in the ring. That's true. Well, not really. That was a time period that was, I think, on, on a low. Because don't forget, yeah. you had, you know, the, you know, uh, Alonja Blaze, you know. Well, knock a knock a knock a knock a knock a knock a knock Medusa era, you know what I'm saying? Like those bull. All uh, you said was like the same people. You pulled a Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? Because Jericho would be like, man, I beat everybody. I beat Scott Hall. I beat Razor Ramon. I beat Mr. Dark Stud. I beat... He, he did that? Yeah. Hilarious. On uh, He did uh, a list of, uh, I think it was like the thousand wrestlers he's beat. Oh, okay. <laughs> he went through like all of Nash's games, like Kevin Nash, Diesel, uh, Master Blaster, Vinny Vegas. Oz. <laughs> yeah, Oz. Like, he went through all of that. <laughs> Oh, man, all right, I got you. You might be right then. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so, another big stable uh, to count on DX is the NWO, who had multiple, multiple factions. You had NWO OGs, your NWO B team, you had NWO Japan. Um, NWO Wolfpack. NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, man. Uh, LWO. I, well, I yes, I guess uh, since they had the same almost the same initials. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, NWO. So yeah, I obviously was a huge fan of the the OG original. You know, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, NWO, yeah. and six, uh, NWO. Which is funny because the time that he was in NWO was like. Minuscule when you think about his time going in, in DX as X Pac. Oh yeah, but he was there from the begin from the get go, and you know, with the original NWO. Yep, yep. Uh, then you had and the then, then he left there to join DX. Yep, and probably Triple H's best promo of his career, or at least one of them. Really? Yeah that 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 Monday after WrestleMania when Michaels lost the belt. Hmm. And uh, Triple H, he, he cuts a great promo, and he's just like, you know, sometimes, like, he's like, I forget exactly how he worded it, but he's like, you know, when, when things are rough, you got to go to your friends, you call your brothers, you call in the click, and then the DX music hits, and X-Pac comes out, and what a pop, because no one saw it coming. This is back when, you know, there's no internet rumors, and uh, X-Pac was on Nitro just like the week before or whatever, you know? That was a special time when wrestlers were on one show one week and the next week they're on a different show. Yeah, that, that really was. And again, especially because there was no internet. Mm-hmm. Well, there was you internet because that was back in the day of the AOL that you get that free disc for like right. three hours. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it was very prevalent uh, back then. You know, you had Luger pulling that. You had Rude doing that. Yeah, Rude uh, did it on the same night. Really? Yeah. Okay. That All was right. uh the that that that's probably Recruit's most famous thing. He was okay. on Raw and Nitro on the same night. 
Okay. And uh, he had, because um, Raw was taped. Correct. And uh, so, yeah, he had been on the tape Raw. Then he showed up on the live Nitro with a shaved beard. So he was on Raw with a beard. And then he was on Nitro shaved. You think we'll ever see that again? Probably not. Yeah. I feel like uh, today's contracts are so uh, strong with the no competes. So ironclad, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they, they want to avoid all the stuff that went on during that time period, like but that somewhat, showing up but, on Nitro. But does that somewhat help the business? Because it, it it brings it back to keeping the business as as uh as a, not as much as the work. Yeah, it kind of gives it that like anything can happen feel. Exactly. So why you know that helps the good cause for everyone. I don't disagree, but you know everybody's looking out for their own best interests. That is true. And uh, and I think really, as we're talking about it, because um, yep. uh, oh, the most recent, the closest thing I can think of, and, and again, what's tough is because of the internet now, yep. so so we know too much information. So the most the most recent one I can think of was when Alistair Black debuted in AEW. Now uh, we all knew that, though. What's that? We all knew that, though. No, um, it was actually a big surprise that? the night he debuted. You didn't know that? Everyone knew he was going there. Right. But it was a big surprise the night he debuted. Why is that? Because of a clerical error on WWE's part. What do you mean? Um, so instead of him having a 90-day no-compete, yep. he ended up having a 30-day no-compete. Oh. Because they made an error on his contract. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he showed up two months before everyone expected him to. Oh, okay. All right. so that's now what I say I'm like it was a big surprise. Everyone knew he was going there, but the night right. he showed up, everyone was shocked, and that, and it came out later that yeah, that there was a mistake made in his contract. Ah, uh, so man. funny to think about, but it's like yeah, it's a a big company like that. It's probably very easy like the, to hit a three instead of a nine and like not even notice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Yeah. Um. And I guess the uh, other NWO members you have. Did you like any of the BT members? I mean, my main man, Stevie Ray. Something's okay. got to know. There you go. With the Slapjack. Yeah. Uh, did you like the Wolfpack? Oh, dude, I was down with the Wolfpack. With Sting and Conan um, and Luger. Yeah. Because Wolfpack is back for the mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys of wrestling. Yo, you but know did what you we need to do? We need to do a show on wrestling theme songs. I, I agree. There's there's so many classic ones, it's not even funny. Yeah, like as we've been doing the show, like I'm just going through all these things in my head. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> now, did you think the writing was on the wall when they split it into the red and black and uh, black and white? Like, do you think at that time it was like, all right, we're somewhat on a lull with that whole NWO uh, stable? I mean, with my kids' eyes, I didn't feel it. Okay, okay. But maybe looking back, I'm not sure. What do you think? Uh, I, uh, I mean, the whole red and black, black and white gimmick. There wasn't too many notable storylines in my head. Mm, I feel you on that. That's why I was like, ah, was it towards the tail end? And you might be right. Yeah. Um, did that come, or did the Japan team come before red and black? Um, that's a good question. With fake sting and. Masha Chono and you know 
Muda and like all that. Like, were they like during that same time? I feel or? like that was before Red and Black. Okay, I feel like, I'm honestly not sure. That's why I think it was still going strong. Uh, and then yeah, like I said, so it was like Red and Black. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and definitely, definitely with B team, I was like, even more, I was like, all right, yeah. But yo, that NWA NWO A team, whew. oh man. And then especially oh, when man. when Hollywood you started using the Jimi Hendrix uh, Voodoo Child, Voodoo Child, yeah, yeah. And you bring yeah. in Rodzilla, taking on half the roster, and like, yeah, right. Outsiders, you know, what I'm saying they had their thing, yeah. Like, like I said, you know, Xbox, a.k.a. Six, got lost in the sauce, which is crazy because I would thought he would thrive more in the, as an NWO member than DX. DX was, like, sort of, like, college frat boy humor with NWO, like, goons. You know what I mean? I feel you. You know, I thought he would thrive more on that aspect in the whole, you know, DX college humor. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, and then, obviously, the... The OG stable that most people probably think of is the Four Horsemen that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Multiple incarnations as well. Yes. Uh, they're notable members. Um, so we got Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard, James Gay Dillon, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, Stig, Sting, Sid, Vicious, Paul Roma, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit, Steve Mongo, McMichael, Kurt Henning, and <coughs> Dean Malenko. I feel like Sting shouldn't be on that list. I know why he is, but he shouldn't be. Who's that? Sting. Oh, okay. Okay. Because he was really never a horseman. It was all a, a, a storyline, like, to, to attack him. Right. Like, so I'm like, that. that's really not being a horseman. Like, But, you know. <laughs> he, he, put, he, put, he put his hands up with the, the four fingers. He did put his hands up with the four fingers. You know? Uh, but obviously, we, we were too young for the original incarnation. So my delve into the four horsemen is when the, the whole uh, Benoit era, uh, you know, yep. early, not early, but during like 95, 96-ish. I get with, that. Uh, with, you know, with them. Uh, but, you know, obviously looking back at the archive clips, it looked like they were still just as, you know, uh, dominant uh, as well. So, yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. I remember early Horseman stuff because uh, shout out to the Movie House, uh, mm -hmm. which was a uh, video rental store um, back in Maynard that, that no longer <laughs> exists. Okay. But uh, but when I was a kid, they, they had wrestling videos, uh, VHS um, and so they had some WCW stuff. Um, so I that's how I got got to watch those things. Okay, um, I spend my three dollars, get to rent the tape for like three days. Okay. Sometimes I'd return it late. I owe them a few more dollars. <laughs> my mom would be mad at me. <laughs> like, but uh, man, classic times. I'm like, like uh, it's funny. I'm just I'm thinking back to what childhood was like then and what it's like now. Cause I'm like, man, I, I wanted to see some old school wrestling back then. I had to walk to the movie house, yeah, um, only like probably a mile or so. But yep. you know, I had to walk there. I'd have to like see what tapes they had available. Yep, pay my three dollars to rent it, uh, walk home, and then I'd have to walk back like two, three days later. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst was new releases, because new releases you only got to keep it overnight. You had to bring it back like the next day. I think. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. 
Ah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Crazy times. I just had the 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 movie house that also have all the uh the uh, um Coliseum WWF tapes. They had a good amount of those too. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the the the, the clamshells. Yep, with the clamshells. That's how that I feel like all those tapes back then were. Yeah, all the wrestling tapes came in the clamshells. Could you ever actually buy those in the store? Because I never like saw them in the stores for purchase, only at rental stores. I'd be surprised if they didn't. I bet they had them at a place like, remember uh, Strawberries or like Tower yeah. Records? Yes. I bet they had them there. Because the only time I started seeing WF tapes for purchase is during the whole Attitude Era when you had like the Rocks Know Your Role or like Stone Cold, you know, like those type yeah, of like. Yeah. I never saw like the uh, Coliseum New Line clamshapes like the purchase. Right? And matter of like visiting people's houses, I never seen anybody own any of them. It was right. during the, the Attitude Era when you know you would see them. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like during the Attitude Era, I'm like I had all of them. Yeah, so I was like, were they even up for purchase or were they only were they only for uh, video stores for movie rentals? At no, the I'm time? sure they were for purchase. Okay, okay. Um, in fact, I know they were for purchase because Brian Last talks about having them. Who? Brian Last. He's uh Jim Cornette's co-host. Oh, okay. On the on Cornette's podcast, uh, Brian Was Last. He in... he's, he's 42. Was he in the business? No. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if he had like a plug, like he was in the business. You know what I'm saying? Like that type nah, of situation. He, he was a rich kid. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm curious, though, like if he got like if it was if if there was like a hotline or if he just went to the stores <clears throat> and they were on for sale and he just purchased them that way. That's a good question. And, and I guess to be fair, so he's a rich kid from New York. Okay. So he might have had different access to things. Okay. All right. Because I'm like, yeah, probably in New York City, there was probably like some store where you can buy these things like easily. Yeah, because you know, the whole Coliseum videos, those were like, you know, prevalent in the video stores. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like in the movie in the movie rent uh, the you know video rentals. Yeah, yeah. Like the and the compilations that they would have would be, you know, like their their trips in England or be like the the hardest the brawlers or like the most hardcore matches or like all the case it, it, it's yeah. really that they had. They did. I remember actually in Burlington, next yep. to the Fish House. Okay. Yeah, I think there was a video rental place. I used to get some Coliseum videos there too. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite interesting. Um, trying to think of any other stables that we didn't mention. Any come to your mind? Yeah, actually, um, one that uh, played off of what we were just talking about, the Horsemen. Yep. Um, TNA, they had Fortune. Ah, oh, see, I didn't w watch TNA that prevalent. So, who's in Fortune? Fortune was uh, Ric Flair, AJ Styles, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Nigel McGuinness. Okay, how was that? How was that as a crew? I thoroughly enjoyed them, um, especially because at this time of my life, um, I was probably in my mid twenties. Uh, maybe early 20s. Um, and this is when, uh, so Fortune, you know, it was kind of a play off of the Four Horsemen. Okay. Um, and they did the Four Fingers. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. They, um, <coughs> their big thing at that time was drinking uh, Smirnoff Ice. Hilarious. <laughs> right? And, uh, 
and, and so yeah, the the uh, there was like a running gag where like if you saw the Smirnoff ice bottle, you had to chug it. <laughs> and so like it would be like hidden, like in different places. Yeah. Um, and so like like a guy would be like opening up his gear bag, like, and there'd be like a Smirnoff ice in there. It's like, oh, you just got ice, bro. <laughs> and, like, you'd have to chug it. Nice, nice. <laughs> Uh, there's a famous episode where finally, because AJ Styles never got iced. I don't think he's a drinker, or if he is, it's very rarely. Right. Um, because yeah, there's one where he got iced and everyone made a big AJ got iced, and he's like looking around, but then he drank it. He choked the thing right down. Well, I think thankfully for him, Smirnoff doesn't have a lot of alcohol in it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like like those Mike Mike's high lemonades, but they're very, very low, um, you know, alcohol count. But yeah, yeah. So, so help get little kids into drinking. No, no, no. We all definitely don't want that. But yeah, <laughs> for, uh, for AJ, um, did they have any notable feuds, feuds um, in TNA with any other factions or tag teams? They probably did, but I honestly don't remember. All I remember is them walking around drinking the Smirnoff ice. That's terrible. That's right. <laughs> Oh, I forgot. Um, the Shield. Oh yeah, the Shield. <clears throat> what did you think of them as a stable? Um, I never thought of them as a stable, but I guess they are a stable. Yep. Um, I mean, when they first came in, uh, and this was you know during the the uh, CM Punk run. Yep. Um, and I was a big Punk fan, and I was a big fan uh, of indies wrestling. Yep. <clears throat> um. So because of that, when the Shield came in with Punk, um, and you you know you got Paul Heyman involved, um, Seth Rollins, who was uh, Tyler Black on the Indies, yep. Um, I had uh, caught a few of his things in Ring of Honor, and I was like, oh man, this guy's cool. Um, Dean Ambrose, who was John Moxley on the Indies, I had seen some promos of his and had heard about his work. Yep. And I was like, wow, this guy's cool. Uh, it's actually interesting because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, this was 2012, 2013, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Um, and I'm like, wow, I'm like, internet then isn't even what internet is now. Nope. Because I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, like, I didn't see any footage of like Roman Reigns prior to the Shield. Nope. Same here. You know, yeah. Um, and I'm even thinking about like I didn't I never even really saw like John Moxley matches like I'm like oh I saw some promos of his uh-huh. but I'm like yeah like the, there really wasn't like a oh you can just search YouTube and it's got like everything yeah, yeah. Um, in fact I was living in Kentucky at the time and I remember, I'm like I, I was living off DVD still I, I had uh, <laughs> a Royal Rumble 2013 CM Punk versus The Rock and, okay and I had a Best of Undertaker DVD. Okay. Um, and th- like that's like all I was watching for my entertainment at that time. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Um. But yeah, the shield was hot. Uh, <laughs> that that power bomb finish was yeah uh, for that time period that that was very innovative and wild. Yep. Um. So good stuff. And I mean, ov- uh, obviously, uh, uh, or I should say, obviously, arguably, you could yep. say they are the most successful. Um, stable of all time as far as individual members go. Well, I don't know. Um, Every single because, one of them has been a world champion. 
Well, I was gonna say we sort of forgot about uh, another uh, stable, just as uh, they have key members like that, which was uh, the Nation. I gotta disagree with you, bro. You got the Rock, world champion, the probably the biggest uh, career ever uh, of all any wrestler. Yep. Uh, you got Mark Henry. He became when he uh, became the Hall of Pain. Mark Henry. Okay. Yep. Yep. Huge dominant world champion uh, factor. I'll give you that. And uh, da, 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 da. Oh, obviously you have Ron Simmons, but he came. He was a world champion at one point in his uh, career. You know, obviously in WCW as you know. Uh, Simmons. Yep. Uh, and then you know, obviously you have D'Lo. I mean, had a strong, strong European title. <laughs> I mean, it might sound it might sound like jokey, but it was a, he he made it work. He he brought value to the belt for a non-value okay. title. You know what I mean? Okay, I feel you. So I think you know I think the nation might have might slowly, if not eclipse the shield, will be I would say like eye to eye. I don't think you can say they eclipse. The only thing I'm like the, every member of the shield became a top guy. Yeah, but I was gonna say same thing with almost the same thing with the nation. Almost. I mean. Farouk, when he became APA, was still like, you know what I'm saying, up there. The athletes was still... guy though. <sighs> He's, he wasn't the champ. Yeah, but Dean, uh, you know, when Moxie was Dean, what's his face? He wasn't a really a top guy. He was the champ for a while. He was the no, WWF no. champion. Yeah, but was he like a top? Like, was he just transitional? Like, you know, like we've had champions that weren't like top top guys though. You know what I mean? True. So the I don't think they eclipse the shield, but I think they're, they're neck neck and neck with them. The, I I think that I have to disagree because I'm just, like just off the the power of the Rock's career, just doubles. <laughs> whatever, that's what I'm saying. It just doubles whatever the the shields like. Even Roman's career like sort of doubles it. But hold on, see right now we're we're doing some like like you know in math when you've got like 104 subtract 95. <laughs> And so you take the the one, and, and that power transfers over both to the zero and the four. <laughs> you, I don't think you can do that here with the rock. I, well, I mean, you, you're going based off of like you know, like longevity because the rock, he wasn't really anything before he joined the stable, and then after the sta- the stable, he did win the you know IC title in the nation, and then went on to you know, become heavyweight title uh, champion. So, I mean, like, I I think so. <clears throat> Compared to, because you're comparing Roman and The Rock as the two big dogs for each stable. I'm not correct, right? Yep. And then, all right, so then you got, you know, Moxley, Moxley and then you got uh, Rollins. Yep. And then I see you got Mark Henry, and then you got, you know, Farouk slash Ron Simmons. And then our, obviously D-Lo would be like the odd man out, unfortunately. But yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you ready for my tipping point? Yep. The shield at one point had Kurt Angle in it. All right. Well, the nation at one point had Owen Hart in it. Owen Hart's never been world champion. But he was a he was a big dog in for the his time period. I don't know if I'd call him a big dog for his time period. Hey, he had one of the best matches on WrestleMania 10. Yeah, with, with the with the guy who has the best match with everybody. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, has Brett ever had a bad match with anybody? That's a very good question. 
Goldberg? <laughs> Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, too soon. Um, I'm like, that's the only bad match I can think of for Bret Hart. Those, those, are, those, are, both, those are both my guys. <clears throat> I understand. I understand. <laughs> um, oh, another stable we forgot to mention. But they were mostly in Japan. Uh, Bullet Club. Bullet Club for yeah. more life. What do you think of them? Um. Well, here's another stable with a lot of variations. Yes, yes. So I guess the, all right, the OG, is that, is that the one that most people think of? Believe it or not, I feel like these days most people think of the, the version with Kenny Omega and the Bucks. Okay, okay. Um, I think that's probably what most people think of when they think okay. of Bullet Club. Um, okay. My favorite version of Bullet Club was the version with AJ Styles. Okay. Um, because at that point AJ Styles was the best wrestler in the world, hands down. What year are we talking about? Uh that's a good question. All right. Like AJ debuted with WWE in like what 2018, 2017? Okay. Something like that. So like I don't know, a year before that. <laughs> okay. Did you ever uh like it with, when it was with your boy uh Prince Devitt? Yeah, uh that was the OG group. Yep. Him, Bad Luck Fale, Tom yep. Tonga. Yep. Where uh, is Tom Tonga? He's still over in Japan or has he moved over here to the States? Uh, so, interestingly enough, uh, Tom Tonga just beat Carl Anderson so, uh, uh, for the uh, Never Open Weight title. Okay. And uh, But the rumor is that uh, Tom Tonga's New Japan contract will be up uh, this spring. Okay. And they say that. Uh, WWE is interested in him. I think they should bring him over. Agreed. Um, I it's funny. I'm like, I don't know what you do with him right away. I uh, think. Well, you know how like because that he's um Hakusan, right? Yeah. All right, so you know, like this actually, even though we lump them all together, you know, under the Samoan tree, but like in like actual real life, like history, like Tongas and Samoans, like somewhat have been like. Not Warren, but they were like adversaries. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think they should like bring in a storyline where he's like, you know, have that whole Tonga Samoan adversary. So like, not bring him to the bloodline, but have his own faction and you know go off of that. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. My only thing is, I'm like, there's no other Tongans. <laughs> I was gonna say like they they gonna have to like gimmick it like similar how like Yokozuna was Japanese but wasn't really. They gonna have to do something similar like that. You know what I mean? Bringing some, you know, some Islanders that they could pass off as like Tongan and just go from there. I'm like, the only problem with that, <clears throat> all, all the Islanders I think they could pass off as Tongan are probably actually legitimately related to the bloodline. Like, um, yeah. the, the dude in MLW. Um, um, yes. Jacob Fatu. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm like, yeah, he's legit bloodline. He'd yeah, actually but, make more sense to me in the bloodline than Solo. But I was gonna say, well, no, Solo's actually like kin yeah, He's the Uso's brother. Yeah, so <laughs> but but gimmick wise, like Fatu like comes out in the, the fatigues and everything. Like right, right, right. but I'm just saying that they just have to f- figure out how they can gimmick it where they can fool the crowd and think that he that the person's tonguing and not, you know what I'm saying? Like I said. Like they did with Yoko. That's the only yeah, the yeah. way I picture it. 
No, I think you're right. You know, uh, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, dig Tom, uh, Tama, uh, you know, I was like, you know, man, you do not want to mess with, yeah. Speaking yeah. of, uh, you don't want to mess with, we got uh, the dangerous alliance with uh, Rick Rude, was uh, also in Steve Austin, beautiful Bobby Eaton, Arn Anderson, and Larry Zbysko, the crusher. Uh, uh, Paul E. Dangerously. Mm-hmm. That was my group. I, I remember. I definitely remember them uh, during those uh, early '90s WCW days. Yes, yes. Oh, and Medusa, the ballet. Yep, yep. I actually, uh, I'm thinking about it now. I'm like, I had the poster of Medusa up on my wall. Yep. She's rocking her blue bikini. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think I also had a poster of Rick Rude on my wall as well at that time. And, uh, well, we're doing the custom trunks in WCW or only WWF? Uh, With the airbrush. Yeah, I'm. Tr- I, he did them in WCW, but I don't think okay. as much. For to like to go against his opponent. Yeah, because I'm like yeah. I definitely remember him doing it. I remember seeing Sting on there. Okay. Um, and he did one with the WCW title. Okay. But I'm like, yeah, I don't remember as much as I remember all the WWF ones he had. Okay. Including the infamous Jake Roberts' wife. Yeah, I think that's everybody really remembers. Yeah. Although he did Um, one uh, with Regis. Really? Yes. Hilarious. Um, This is back when, it's funny, uh, this was a while ago. I went down a Rick Rude talk show rabbit hole. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and Rick Rude was a really good talk show guest, um, but he was on Arsenio Hall. He was on Regis and Kathy Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was on Regis and Kathy Lee, was it on? Actually, now I'm trying to think. Did he do one of? Because now I'm, I, I might be wrong. He might not have done one of Regis, but may, I think maybe he did one of Arsenio. Now that I'm thinking about it, okay. Or he might have done them both. Okay. He might have done them both, but I remember because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it was Arsenio, where um. Rude, Rude was on the show. He was giving Arsenio a hard time. I, I guess Madonna asked to be spanked or something like that. Okay. I, I don't know. But Rick Rude was like, if I had McDonough in front of me and she's asking to be spanked, I'm spanking her. <laughs> and, uh, and then at the end, he pulled. He, he was out there in a leopard tracksuit. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But at the end of the segment, he pulls off the tracksuit. Yeah, he had Arsenio's face on his butt. And he was like doing butt tricks like Vince. <laughs> And uh, so it made it look like Arsenio was like puckering up his lips. Uh, that's disturbing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man, uh, Rick Rude, one of the greats. One yes. of the greats. Um, what, what uh, do do the New Day? Do we count them as a stable? I think we should. Okay, what, what do you think of the New Day? It's a new day, yes, it is. Um, wow, um. If Xavier Woods ever wins a title, do we count the New Day as uh, up there with the Shield? No. <laughs> so only because, like, right now, you know, unfortunately, you know, since Big E's not wrestling, you, he is only he, your career. Their career is not really continuing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like with the Shield, you got Moxie and you know uh, Roman and you know uh, Seth still wrestling. Well, let's hope Big E comes back to wrestling. Oh, no, definitely. Most definitely. But I'm just saying, like, their careers are still seeing if they get, you know, it's still panning out. You know what I'm saying? 
Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like right now, can't really tell. You know. So. Okay. But yeah, let's hope Biggie comes back. And if Xavier He's... Woods ever wins the wins a world title, yeah. I mean, then at that point, all three of them will have been world champions. Yep. Yep. That's true. Um, were you fan fan of the gimmick? Um. It's funny when it first came out, I was not, especially because yep. it was dangerously close to a gimmick I was doing at that time. Yep. Um, so I felt a certain kind of way about it. Yep. Um, especially because that was the second time WWE had done something that was dangerously close to something I was doing. Yep. Um, but uh, with that being said, they've they've grown on me. Okay. Uh, especially okay. once they went away from the kind of like positive preachers and they were more so just kind of wacky guys. Yep. Okay. Um, I was I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, they're just three guys out there having fun and I love me some Big E. Okay. 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 Um I think we we were talking about off air uh one of these upcoming episodes we will do a uh, Big E special. Yep. <clears throat> that we will in the very near future. Yes. Um the main event mafia, TNA. Oh, wow! TNA had some great factions: Kurt Angle, Sting, Kevin Nash, Booker T, and Scott Steiner, the Big Bad Booty Daddy. Was this during his time when he was feuding Samoa and Joe? Yes. And we kept on calling him uh, obese. Yes. Ah, good times. And good uh, times. in fact, uh, I remember Kurt Angle. Um, I forget who was after Angle at that time, but I remember uh, Steiner like stopping Angle on the back and being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Your problems aren't as bad as mine. Like, I got some old <laughs> Joe chasing after me. Like, I'm some kind of giant Twinkie." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, uh, yeah. This was a a very interesting faction. Yeah, great faction though. It was like, I mean, just all. Hall of Famers, so talented on the mic. And was they it, were just for, for better or worse, that yeah. they were just having fun. <laughs> Is this what Booker T was doing his uh his African accent gimmick? Nah, nah, nah. Cause I know he did King Booker, you know, with the whole British monarch, but I thought in, in TNA he did like some African gimmick as well. Um accent. Maybe <laughs> it was during the, the main event mafia era. I'm like, if if it was, uh, the only thing I can think of is I'm like, um, I remember because he was doing commentary, okay, um, for for a short period. I'm like, he might have been doing it then, but it was all because it was. And here's where I'm like, oh, these for better or worse, these guys were all just having fun. Yeah. So they they knew they were getting a paycheck and they knew they weren't going to get fired, so they could kind of yeah. do whatever they wanted. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and like you could tell. Like, <laughs> oh, really? I'm gonna have to. i have to go back in the archives and really deep dive that because all I can remember is really Scott Steiner's promos on Samoa Joe. But I, I need to really uh, sit yeah, down. Yeah, go and back and listen to uh, Booker T and Kevin Nash on commentary. Oh, why they uh, go off the script? Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, another stable, the Undisputed Era. Shock the system. Shock the system. Burn yep. burn, 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 burn. So do we do we put do we put uh, undisputed era before the shield? 
I don't think we can. Okay. Okay. Um, side note. Yep. Yeah. If you if you go into Google, um, interest. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so so yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, all I did, I put it into uh, not even in Google. I went into YouTube. I put Booker T. Kevin Nash commentary. Yep. And the first thing that comes up is Booker T. reenacts his famous his famous Black Snow impression. What? And I'm like, I think I think that's what you're talking about because it shows a picture of him. He's got on like a red robe with like some leopard print stuff on it uh, <laughs> and the TNA title. So I'm like, yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. Like I said, I got. YouTube uh, main event mafia. Yeah, same. But uh, undisputed era. Um, I don't think we can put them up there with the shield, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I, I love me some undisputed era. Uh, yeah. Adam Cole, baby, along with uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. Yep. I mean, arguably the best stable of NXT. Uh okay. Um. Possibly. Just based on titles and their length of, like, dominance. What about uh, Nexus? Weren't they NXT as well? Nah. I thought they were were like a developmental stable. So Nexus, they all came from NXT, but they they were like the original Shield, really. Oh, okay. Okay. that, that, That was the whole thing. They all came from NXT, but they came up as a group on the main roster. Oh, so they invaded? Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. okay. okay. All right. <clears throat> okay. Okay. All right. But what? Yeah. What did you think of uh, Nexus? Since it was short-lived and pretty much destroyed by John Cena. Yeah, it's a shame that they got destroyed by John Cena because I was digging them. Yeah, because you had a uh, Bray. Uh, uh, um, what was it? Bray? Not Bray. Uh, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. That's it. Yes. I got yeah, some Wade. bad news. Wade Barrett, you had <clears throat> you had you also um, have Bray Wyatt though. Yes, as Husky Harris. Yes. You had uh what's the guy that's I'm trying to feed my kids? Heath Slater. Heath Slater, you had uh bam, bam. you had Ryback. Yep, you have Ryback. Um you, David Otunga. Who? David Otunga. Yes, you had him. Um you had uh 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 was it Gabriel Black? Um, well, that's what he is now. At the time, well, he was uh, Justin Gabriel. Justin Gabriel, yes. Had him. You had uh, Michael Tarver. Yep, Michael Tarver, who Vince McMahon thought was Shelton Benjamin. Seriously? Yeah, there's a hilarious story about that <laughs> um, at a talent meeting. Okay. Michael Tarver asked a question, and Vince was like, that's a good question, Shelton. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, oh man, they do have a similar build, I guess, but yeah, it's pretty bad, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if the Cena didn't dismantle the Nexus, if you were playing Fantasy Booker, how would you play that out? Because this was during like early 2009, 10, I want to say, yeah, somewhere in that ballpark ish, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have gave Barrett a world title, okay. I would have built up to to Barrett being the world champion with the group okay. standing in front of him. Okay. And it's like, how can anybody beat this? Yep. Yep. And that's when you have Cena come back and overcome the odds. Yeah, I was wondering what was like the end game of that. Like you had, all, 
I think the Nexus might be the the best group of workers, other than maybe like Ryback might be a little on the uh, and maybe Husky Harris at the time, but all the other guys could get busy in the ring. I feel you. I feel you. So like I'm so, especially so for such a big group. Yeah, I'm curious like why they like dismantled so quickly. Because Cena dismantled them. Or uh, why though? Like that just seems like you just put giving away free mo- free money. They did, but at that time, I feel like the belief of Cena must win. You know, he must uh, overcome all uh, odds, basically. Yeah. But they and that's short sightedness because it's like, yeah, yeah, if you give him an even bigger obstacle, yeah, you know, it's even bigger once he overcomes it later. Folks always talk about you know Hogan and his like overpowering of like dismantling guys' programs, but <clears throat> do you think Cena also had that same thing as well? Just not as he didn't have this. It wasn't like, this won't work for me, brother type of situation. I feel like Cena's was worse. I was gonna say, yeah, did he do more damage? Basically, yeah, did he do more damage? To programs in regards to than Hogan did, I think so because uh, okay. Hogan and his, you know, uh, really up until like late WCW, Hogan yep. was getting guys over. He was, yeah. Think about any big heel, like Hogan got them over first before he beat them. I don't know, like Macho was pretty over at the time. Well, Macho, yeah, Macho got himself over. Right, uh, Andre was pretty over at the time. Uh, yeah, Andre got himself over. Uh, Warrior was two to an extent. I feel like Warrior beating Hogan, though, really propelled Warrior. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I'll give you maybe Warrior. But who else? Uh, Earthquake. Yes, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you Earthquake. Um, Who else did Hogan make? Uh, I would argue that Hogan helped make Slaughter more, more, more over. Uh, maybe for our generation, but Slaughter was already a name before then. But we, can we discuss it before GI Joe? Yes, he, he was. But I feel like with our generation, like you said, with our generation, that, yeah. that whole you know Iraqi War thing. Right, right, right. So yeah, so I don't know if that was more of a Hogan thing or just being at the, the program at that time. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair, but he was working with Hogan, so that's True. what I'm gonna go off of. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, who else? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, see, it's not a whole lot. <laughs> but I was gonna say, well, yeah, and then compared to Cena, like how many folks have Cena put over? Like, made them better. Um, zero? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe Roman? Maybe? Their program? But he sort of, like, squashed them on a promo tip. Yeah, not even sort of. But Roman brings that back as, like, a time, like, he was like, all right, I got to step my game up because of right. it. So maybe that, that helped him. Uh, trying to think who else seen a feud with that. Punk? I'd, you know what? Punk, I would make the argument for that Cena Cena got Punk over. Okay, all right. Oh, Cena uh, got AJ Styles over, too, actually. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, that, that feud with, with, with Styles and Cena really put Styles on the map. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a guy. Uh, Randy? I don't think Cena got him over. Okay, okay. Because they had, like, a bazillion matches. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Like, 
Korea. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, going back to do you think uh, Cena did more damage to new and up and coming uh, programs or just programs compared to Hogan? Definitely. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's always funny how history also always painted Hogan as like the guy that would just destroy like your career if you go up against him. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I guess Cena was just able to do it better because his uh like personal life didn't have as many you know smudges on it like maybe Hogan's did, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, I-, I think an interesting thing in life is when certain people can. I, I don't want to say get away with things. But, like, it's funny to me, at least. I'm like, Cena, um, you know, Cena was basically caught cheating on his wife, like, a bunch. Um, really? It was kind of like a Tiger Woods kind of thing. I don't remember hearing about this. Exactly. Okay. And, and that's where kind of where I'm going. I'm like, it's interesting to me in life. Certain people can, like, do things and, like, it just gets brushed over somehow. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, Cena's first wife, um, who was like his high school sweetheart. Yep. Um, he cheated on her a bunch with like a bunch of people. Um, what? Yeah. Wow. Um, and like we're talking like d- divas, like Mickey James, Victoria. Um, and but is this like, is this is rumors or like confirmation? Um, I'm only gonna say names that have been confirmed, so that's why I said Mickey okay. James, Victoria, and others. So they admit them themselves, yes. Oh, okay, okay, all right, yep, all right. Um, in fact, Victoria just recently, uh, like within the past week, um, uh, admitted it because someone said that she had cheated on her husband. She was like, No, nah, no, nah, I wasn't married yet. It was the other, the other guy that was involved that was married at the time. Ah, okay, all right, all right, uh, okay. And um, I, guess, I guess with uh, adultery is not really shunned upon in society that mu- nowadays compared to like other like dr- you know getting caught for drugs and stuff like that. I don't know maybe that's why he was able to escape so you know around maybe, those yeah of- yeah and it's one of those things like I don't begrudge seeing a forward or anything I just find it interesting I'm like oh yeah. like no one like like it, yeah it didn't it wasn't a big news story nope. and like no one really cared, I feel like. And I'm like, and that's cool. I'm like, whatever. But but yeah, I just found it interesting because I'm like, everyone made a big deal about Tiger Woods. Um, granted, you know, some of that also, I think, has to do with the car accident and all that. Yep. Yep. So it made it more sensationalist, where Cena quietly got divorced. Yep, yep. And then, well, Hogan, he was in on the whole steroid uh, court case, so that probably hurt, besmirched uh, his name. He was, you know... Advertising that he was all you know clean, this and the third for his you know physique, and then you you know find out that he was like taking steroids. That probably didn't help his case. And then with the whole you know Gawker uh, website situation, you know sex yes. tape, that probably didn't help his situation either. No, and I mean, and then of course the big the big one was drop dropping the end bomb, right? And then you have a whole uh, list of like you know shoot interviews of old. Uh, previous uh, co-workers saying that you did this, them, this, that, and, like, you really wasn't <clears throat> talked about in a favorable light as well. That probably didn't help either. That's true. Because I really seldom hear anybody talk bad about Cena. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. Like, and, and yeah, I guess it's funny. I'm like, maybe it's a, at the end of the day, Cena's, like, a good guy. Right. 
you know, and I don't want to say Hogan's not a good guy. Right. Because I don't know him personally. Right. But what the stories that are coming out don't paint him as a good guy. Correct. Correct. And uh, so, yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot to that. And Cena, I mean, it's funny. I, I don't know Cena personally either, but I do know his dad. Okay. Um, and I'm like, his dad seems like a good guy. And, and just everything you hear about Cena, I mean, you don't grant the most make-a-wish wishes, like, of all time, if you're not a good guy. like Exactly. Exactly. I mean, as busy as his schedule is, for, for him to take all that time out for all those kids, like... Yeah. And that's it's it's kind of funny to think about, but I'm like, yeah, like you would have thought you would have heard about Hogan or something on something like that. <laughs> I know. Now I think about it. Yeah, you would think. He, I mean, he probably did his uh, bulk uh, bulk share of uh, you know uh, visiting kids. Uh, you know that you know asked to see him, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's really seldom. You know. Yeah. You know, where's but, like Cena? Uh, that's like, dude, Cena went out to. Did he go to the Ukraine to visit a kid? I'm not sure. He he went somewhere like that. It was like, wait, that's really crazy. Um, like, but yeah, if it wasn't the Ukraine, it was like somewhere in Europe or something, but to visit a kid like last year. Okay. Um, and I just remember being like, wow, like that's really crazy. Like, but that's, uh, you know, I, I think Cena is one of those people that he looks at himself as blessed to be in the position that he's in. Right. And he wants to share that with, with anyone he can, you know? Right. And that's a great thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um trying to think of any other state. Oh, what's the uh retribution? Retribution? Is oh the, yeah, that horrible stable. With uh hysterical with uh Dominic and uh uh Oh no, you're talking judgment day. Judgment day, I'm sorry. Yeah, retribution was had the masks with uh right. yeah. judgment day, I'm sorry. Well, even Retribution, I was gonna say Retribution, you weren't a fan of. I take it right. No, okay, I'm like, not even worth talking about because they didn't do anything. All right, we'll go, we'll go into Judgment Day with uh, yes, uh, Rhea Ripley and uh, Damian Priest and Baylor, uh, Finn Finn Balor. Yes, um, I'm it's funny at first, uh, I, 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 well, actually, at first with Edge, um, because first it was Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah, that that feels right. Okay. Um and, and I, I was digging that. Okay. And then they brought in Finn, they kicked Edge out. And I wasn't digging it. Okay. And then they brought in Dominic and I really wasn't digging it. Yep. But then Dominic got arrested. <laughs> Went to jail. Got got the uh he he, he must have killed a man while he was in jail because he's got a teardrop <laughs> tattoo now. <laughs> and he's rocking the old school 90s S.A. Vatos look <laughs> you know, with the flannel with the one button yeah, um, and so now I'm digging them I'm like you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny um, but I'm like yeah like I'm really enjoying them as a group right now okay uh, All right. and I'm enjoying Corey Graves on commentary when they are out there why is that? Because Corey Graves, he's putting Dominic over. Like he's like, you know how much time Dominic spent in the yard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that um, man's seen some things. Like, oh man, 
Okay. All right. Uh, actually, the, right now, uh, the feuding we forgot to mention, probably today's most dominant uh, stable, uh, the Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, do you think the Judgment? Ones. Do you think Judgment Day? Before we put cap on Judgment Day, you think they have uh, legs to uh, go? You know, a couple more months or years further? I think so. As a stable, okay. I definitely think so. I think. Uh... I think at some point we've got to see the transition of Damian Priest taking over the group. Okay. Although okay. I feel like they're going to have Dominic take over the group. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, Damian Priest should be the guy to take over the group. Why? He's good. He's, he's good on the mic. Yeah. He's good on the mic. And man, he's got like that, uh, like just a solid, like man voice, you know? Like. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. But yes, the bloodline. Probably my favorite uh, stable of current. I think um, it's everybody's favorite stable of current. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you also got the elite over in AEW. Yeah, but I mean, nobody reacts like they react to the bloodline. Okay. Like when Roman's music hits, the entire arena stands up and they put their okay. ones up. Okay. And, like, it's like you, you just know a star is coming. Like, okay. All right. Um, you mentioned to me earlier this morning that I don't know if we were recording or not, but uh, with The Rock possibly not coming to face Roman, the Tribal Chief at Mania. That's that's what the rumor is. Yeah, we were not yet recording. That was off air. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, Dave Meltzer is uh, reporting that uh, The Rock is possibly not going to be at Mania. Because you say he is uh, dealing with the XFL. Yeah, he's uh, XFL is about to launch, and supposedly, according to Meltzer, says the Rock says the Rock says the Rock says he's not in the shape he needs to be in. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if that's a uh, a red herring, um, and you know they're just trying to put us off the trail. Yep. Um, or if it's legit. And they're there's there's they're trying to get ready for their plan B, which I have to assume is Cody Rhodes. Ah, well, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be interesting because uh, the last, if if the Rock was gonna have some sort of capacity, the this last Raw, uh, upcoming Raw uh, tomorrow should be some sort of indicator leading to the Rumble for Friday, uh, Saturday. Yes, yes, you know, and, see uh, what exactly happens. Tomorrow's Raw is a big uh, 30th anniversary. Yep. Yeah, so it'd be even more if he doesn't show up. It'd be like, all right. You know, we, we get it. Yeah, which uh, I'm trying to... Oh, um, AEW a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And maybe WWE is uh, trying to avoid what happened with AEW. Okay. Because um, AEW, they uh, everyone thought uh, Sasha Banks was going to be showing up. Yep. And um, Mercedes Monroe. Yes. No, no, Mercedes Monday. Monday, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, yes. Um, and uh, and she did not. And it, it disappointed people, even though AEW the week prior told everyone she was not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folks were still in their feelings. Yeah. And, and that's a, the, the tough thing with wrestling. Yeah. Uh, especially in today's day of internet reports. Yeah, uh, because it's like, oh, like, 
we expect this stuff now because we hear about it and we like make things make sense in our own head. Yep. And uh, so it's like, yeah, I'm like, if The Rock's not showing up at Mania, now is the time to start letting people know because I, I feel like <laughs> people will be disappointed otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it would be, uh, yeah. Uh, and quick back to XFL, their first game starts, uh, season kicks off uh, February 18th. Oh, wow. Yeah, 3 p.m. on ABC. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you were correct. He's got to have his hands full with, with that. Can't see how much tickets are. But, um, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, the bloodline, uh, do we see the bloodline uh, still being the bloodline after Mania? I feel like they should be. I'm like, so here's what's tough with the bloodline. Yeah. I'm like, because at some point they've got to lose their belts. Oh, uh, the at some point. Was, everybody. Well, I mean, uh, Sammy don't have no belt. No, no, neither does Solo. Yeah, so it's just basically but, like Usos, Usos and Roman and Roman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, they they've had their belts for like two years. <laughs> uh, Possibly yeah. more than that. Now I feel like Roman's going into his third year because didn't he win the belt August 2020? Yeah, and at uh, SummerSlam with nobody there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Quick side note again, back to the XFL. Uh, if you wanted uh, uh, like seats like on the field, yeah, uh, only forty two dollars. What? Yeah, it's for the Arlington Renegades against the Vegas Vipers. Only $42 for seats on the field. Yeah, section 17, row 20, seat 7. Yeah, 42 wow. bucks. Yeah. That's cheap. Yeah. Where is that? Uh, Arlington, Texas. At okay. Chocotaw Stadium. Let me see if they have any, like, teams on, on the East Coast. Yeah, right. Curious to see. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I thought people came sometime if you wanted to. Just to see what, yeah, if it has uh, the bustiness of the old XFL. Right. But, uh, yeah, back to uh, Roman. I think, yeah, because he's pretty much, I mean, he's not going to beat Bruno's um, title reign as far no. as, like, that's, like, he had for, like, seven years, I want to say. Yeah, crazy, like, yep. But, I mean, this will be, what, two years for him? This is coming up on three. Three? All right, August, so. August will be three years. So, will he be the second longest, or has someone nah, else? Nah, Hogan. Okay, okay. Hogan had it from before WrestleMania 1 up until WrestleMania 4. Okay, all right. So, all right, but he'd be... This might, this might be like the third longest the third. or something. All right. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how they play out the story because also we don't know if Vince is going to sell by then either. Like, this... That's so true, too. You know what I mean? So, every, well, from what I'm reading online, they're saying nothing's going to happen before WrestleMania. Right. I'm, it'd be stupid to sell before your biggest event. Yeah. Yep. Throw <clears throat> things into chaos. Yeah, that'd be stupid. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting, I guess, to see coming out of WrestleMania. Yep. What happens? Yeah. Um, and, and really, I mean, just even all the stuff that's going on now is kind of interesting behind the scenes because, uh, you know, first there was all that talk of Saudi. Yep. Now that everyone's saying that that's definitely not happening. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's because of bad press, you know? Right. 
um, or what? Because like, you know, if Saudi were to buy, number one, you're probably not getting John Cena. Uh huh. Because he doesn't do those shows. Nope. He's got other aspirations he's got to think about. Yep. Um, they say you're probably not going to get The Rock if they sell to Saudi. Okay. Um, same thing. He's got other aspirations to think about. Okay. Um, you probably lose Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yep. Um, you might lose some women. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so like, Saudi, if they sell to Saudi, it's a bad look for the company. Great look yep. for Vince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and maybe at the end of the day, that's all he cares because, you know, that, that group, the Saudi group, is worth, I think they said, $600 billion. Woo! So they're like, no one's going to be able to offer as much money as they can. Right. And uh, I was reading actually about how that, because that Saudi group runs, uh, have you ever heard of LIV Golf? Nope. So apparently that's um, a golf promotion that they run here in the States. And uh, they tried to do a major run like against the PGA. Okay. And they were offering like more prize money than the PGA. Uh, They tried to get Charles Barkley uh, as a commentator. Okay. And they offered him a ridiculous amount of money, but uh, he would have lost his sponsorships and that's why he didn't take it. Okay. Um. He actually, he came out and talked about it. He was like, yeah, he's like, they're offering me more money than NBA on TNT um, to do golf commentary, but I would have lost my sponsorships. And long term, I don't know what that would have been like. Right. And so it's so like, yeah, yeah, yep. Um, but, but point being like, you know, they're willing to just throw money at stuff. Yep. Um, and Vince, I, I, I was thinking about this. I'm like, Vince is like, like I, I've when I was younger, I said, I can't wait to get old because yep. when you're old, you can do whatever you want. Hysterical. And like, like no one cares. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like I remember being a kid and like, you know, old people would be rude. They would swear. They would like say things and like everyone just lets it go because it's an old person. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, so I feel like Vince is probably at that age where he can do whatever he wants. Like, there's there's really no consequence to him. Um, well, I mean, that's why he dropped out because the whole hush money thing. So, I mean, it, he was scared about something. But he came back. That's true. And that's why I'm like, there's really no consequence. Yeah, when it's smoke clear. He, he had to sit at home for a couple months. Like, go, go to dinner with John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Pat McAfee. <laughs> True that. True that. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was the whole time he was still 80% shareholder. Yep. And now, not only is he 80% shareholder, he came back and blocked like <laughs> uh, any power anybody else could have. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, that, so for that... him, if he sells to Saudi, you know, let's say he sells it for $10 billion, yep. that means he gets $8 billion. And okay. he'd probably they and they would probably keep him in charge. Like they would be like, <laughs> I can't wait. To, I can't wait to the, the Vince movie uh, drops because uh, if that ever happens, woo-wee. I think didn't Vice just do one? No, but I'm saying like hit like that. That's more like probably like a hit piece. I'm talking about like the one that he was working on. I got you. I got you. You know what I mean? Well, I mean the one he was working on. Who knows how that paints him? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I can see him being being honest. You know what I'm saying to a degree. Uh, I feel like he, he he would keep up that same rhetoric that like he took wrestling from the bingo halls and, and made it mainstream and public. Well, he did. Uh, here's I mean, the here's the problem with that. Yeah, like. Bruno San Martino and Larry Zabisco sold out Shea Stadium 20 years before Vince McMahon like was running wrestling. Yeah, but was is Shea Stadium has like a, a huge like capacity? Like is it a lot of you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a lot of people. Oh, okay. Right. It was like 50,000 people. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And that's the, the the big thing why it's like, oh, like you can't say like Vince took it from the bingo halls because there were already big shows happening. Okay. Even okay. WrestleMania was a ripoff of Starcade. Okay. But but Vince made it bigger. Okay. Wait, so Starcade came before Mania? Yes. Oh, I never knew that. Yep. Starcade was first. And Starcade was and, and so here's where, where Vince went right. Uh yep. the Starcade was the NWA, like, oh, these are all our top guys from our top territories. Yep. Whereas Vince took all the top guys from all the, all the territories and just made it his own. Like, this is where you see all the top guys. WWF, WrestleMania. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, cool. Um, yeah, it's going to be... Woo, 2023 is going to be very interesting in wrestling. It is. Um, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, we, we've done this whole episode on stables. We didn't talk about any AEW stables. You brought up the Elite just a few minutes ago. Right. Um, and then I'm like, but you've also got uh, the House of Black. Right, right. That's correct. That's correct. You know, that's a uh, pretty decent stable. Yeah, at first we thought they were going to disband because we thought uh, Alistair and... Uh, Buddy Murphy. Uh, head back to WWE. We didn't yeah. that long. They, uh, but unfortunately, they are not William Regal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which again, it goes to when you're older, you can do whatever you want. You can be like, yeah. you know what? I don't want to work here anymore. I want to go work for Triple H. Yeah, yeah. You can go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, House of Black. You have, uh, I guess the the claiming Billy Gunn. Are they a stable? Uh, I don't think that. I feel like that's a tag team and a manager. Okay. Okay. I feel like. All right. Or oh, you have the Dark Order. Yep, that's definitely a stable. I know they were. I, I really dug them. Uh, you know, when uh, Brody uh, was still uh, with us. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I really dug the, the, those interactions, especially like the uh, uh, being the elite YouTube series that they would uh, have it would be uh, pretty funny. Definitely, um, definitely. So yeah, the Dark quick Order. Side note. Yep. And I don't want to hang here too long because there's been enough about this all week. But, you know, just RIP to Jay Briscoe. Uh, very sad what happened there. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, uh, yes. And uh, so the Dark Order, uh, Taz's group. Um, oh, yeah. Um, which is no longer a thing. Right. But, uh, but yeah, when that was well, Team Taz. Team Taz, yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, um, you got Jericho. What's that? Jericho, Jericho Appreciation. Yep, yep. Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, uh, what used to be Tully Blanchard's group, now uh, Prince Nana's group, with uh Brian Cage and the uh, I don't know if they're Samoan or the what what the other two guys are. 
Okay. But uh, yeah, that's stable. Okay. Um, oh, the best friends. That's a stable. Yep. Um, not a good one, but it's a stable. <laughs> nah, they got, my, they got my man Ocean, so I, I, I give it a thumbs up. At least they've got Trump Beretta. At least was they've got Trump Beretta. Was he going to Indy? Um, so I haven't seen a lot of Trump Beretta's indie work, but I've okay. been a fan of Trump Beretta since watching him in WWE. Who was he in WWE? He was Trent, um, question mark. Okay. Uh, and he, um, he was in a tag team called the Dude Busters. Okay. Um, this was in like the like 2009, 2010, somewhere around that ballpark. Okay. And uh, I was a fan of those guys. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, Trump Beretta, I've watched a lot of his New Japan stuff. Yeah. Very underrated talent, Trump Beretta. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, it's funny. I'm like, I feel like AEW is nothing but stables. Who else we have talking about it? Because uh, you got also got a uh, Blackpool Combat Club, right? Um, and then uh, who else? Before Jericho Appreciation Society was uh, Jericho's other stable group. Um, what group was that? I'm trying to remember what it was called because it was him, Santana Ortiz, and Sammy Guevara. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't remember what they were called, but uh, that that was a stable. Oh, MJF had P-Knuckle for a period. Him, um, <laughs> Perfect Ten, and FTR. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm like, there's some other stables that I'm I'm like I'm like I'm right there because I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about I'm like AEW is nothing but stables. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, but none of like no other than like you said, like the elite. Uh, like I feel like the elite, obviously, because they were a branch of the Bullet Club. So I think that's they, that's why they have sort of like a cheat code. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <clears throat> I agree. Well, oh, Stokely Hathaway, um, the firm. Who's the firm? It's uh, Stokely Hathaway's group. It's uh, Big Bill, formerly known as Big Kaz. Okay. Um, Lee Moriarty, uh, All Ego, Ethan Page. Uh, I feel like there's one or two other guys in there who I can't think of right now. So wait, Ethan Page and Scorpion Sky no longer tag team? I guess not. Awesome, they had a great tag team. It was okay. I mean, it was it was so, somewhat similar to um, what's the model tag team in WWE? Um, oh. Model agency, uh, yeah, it was like so, so similar to them. Maximum male models. There we go. Yes, there you go. Yeah, but okay, all right. Uh, yeah. So I guess we're getting close to our, our time, but I was gonna say you. Well, first, uh, you and the Rumble uh, share similarities this week. Yeah, because they're gonna be on the same day. Yep. Uh, so next Saturday, January twenty eighth, uh, of course, WWE Royal Rumble live from texas but osiris will not be watching because he will be in action live in maine and uh up against former guest of the show mark moment there you go uh live in holton maine um 
was it Holton Man? Hold up a second. I want to make sure I'm giving <laughs> the, the right information to peoples. Yep. Because uh, there's one thing we, we don't want to do here is uh, give false information. Yep. So let's see. We got poster for the show. There we go. January 28th. Um, oh, I'm sorry. This is in Skowhegan, Maine. Okay. Um, we yeah, in Skowhegan, Maine. Uh, January 28th. Doors open at 5 p.m. Show starts at 6 p.m. This is at the Turner Pool and Union Hall. Okay. Um, and uh, should be a uh, star-studded show. Uh, a lot of good talent on here, including former WWF star and U.S. champion Richie Rich. Okay. Uh, includes heavyweight champion Dozer, will be defending his title in an open challenge. Johnny Primer will be on the show. And many more. Okay. okay. And, uh, you know, that included in that many more will be Osiris against Mark Moment. Okay, okay. So uh, come come Sunday, is going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah, definitely have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And uh, I will put this out there right now. Um, we're pretty close to finalizing details. Uh, former guest of the show, Will, William Miles III. Uh -huh. uh, he's actually in negotiations right now with a uh, New England wrestling company. Mm -hmm. Um that for a while on the show has been persona non grata, uh, okay. AKA the company that shall not be named. Okay. Um, but William miles, the third is in talks with them right now about, uh, bringing Osiris in. And, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but I will say, uh, cause, cause the T's have not been crossed and the I's have not been dotted yet. So, you know, anything could happen. Yep. But as of right now, I'll put a little hint out there for people. Uh, if you're listening to the show and you're in the New England area, um, this particular company, they run a their, their biggest show of the year. They, they run it in March, mm -hmm. uh, which is right around the corner. And uh, there's a good chance that Osiris shows up there. Dope. Yeah. Dope. All right. Looking forward to that happening. And uh, yeah, should be cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so what is on today's water jug? Today's water jug. Hold up a second, because I don't have it in my hand, but I've got a picture of it, and it's a long thing. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Here we go. Vision is transparent when your mind is clear and your focus is unwavered. Not bad. I can do it. Yes, you know, and basically it's... Uh, little message out there to just you know clear your mind and uh know where you're going you know know what you're doing okay all right cool all right well if you want to take us out like we always do about this time <laughs> yeah uh y'all could be anywhere in the world right now but you are here you are listening to us and for that we appreciate you we love you uh you guys listen to us every week on before the three count hopefully you are now following us on social media on instagram at before the three count um and uh we will be posting more regularly uh coming up on there um but yeah hope y'all uh enjoyed the show 
enjoy the Royal Rumble next week. Uh, if you're in the Skowhegan, Maine area, make sure to come out, check out Osiris live and in living color. Because uh, who knows when's the next time he will be in Maine, if ever again. So uh, definitely make sure to check that out and appreciate it. Um, and uh, like my main man, John Kramer says, make sure to appreciate your life. Because uh, we only get one. And on that note, hope you all have a good day, week, month, even your year. We'll be here for you every week with another rousing edition of Before the Three Count. Taking you out. One, two, three.